Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll have Josh Centers from Tidbits and Take Control Books. We'll also feature Joe Kissel, a very prolific writer for the same company, who's going to tell us about security on your Mac and also about 11 stupid ways to back up or not back up your computer. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Josh Centers. He's managing editor of Tidbits and works with Take Control Books. Of course, he's written about Apple TV, and he's pleased to know now that since there is no new Apple TV yet, his book is still current, at least probably till the fall. Isn't that good? Uh, yeah, in some ways, although the Apple TV is a little long in the tooth, frankly, I'd like to be updating the book right now. <laughs> well, of course, when you do a new book, you get the boost in sales because everybody wants to get a new book, and that's how it works. But let's talk about something else here. Now, anytime there's a scandal or a brouhaha these days, they give a gate name to it in honor of Watergate. But if you add gate to Watergate, it would be Watergate gate. <laughs> but you have Antenna gate, and you have Bend gate, and now you have Taylor Swift gate, because Taylor Swift complained about a week ago, as the crow flies, that Apple had this 90-day free trial of Apple Music, but didn't have a plan to pay the artists during the free period, figuring we're not getting money, you shouldn't either, but we'll give you higher royalties during the paid period. Do you have any recollection of how you heard about Taylor Swift's comments? Yeah, I, mean, I just saw it in my Twitter stream, and uh, I, I read it on, on her Tumblr. Yeah, and, you know, and then, of course, later on, I saw Eddie Q's response on Twitter. It was kind of interesting to see this huge, supposedly, business negotiation play out first over Tumblr and then with a response on Twitter. I, I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like that before. Now, just to point out here, Apple obviously is the largest company in the world by market cap. Taylor Swift is a young woman from Pennsylvania. She's 25 years of age, which makes her three years younger than my son, Grayson. She says that it's not acceptable for Apple not to pay royalties, but she says it's not for her. She's a multimillionaire artist, and she doesn't have to worry because she's the world's biggest selling musical artist right now. She doesn't have to worry about her next paycheck because I'm sure she's socked enough away that she'll be fine. She was worrying, she said, about the normal musical artist who barely makes living wages, the starving artist, the indie artist hoping to break through. That's the people she was concerned about, the people who already are suffering financially. What's your take on it? Do you think she was being still self-serving? It's hard to say. I'm, I'm not an expert in the music industry, but I, I thought she did have one good point, and that is that for a lot of artists, they might just have one hit in their entire career, and that hit may run its course over the span of three months. Now, this is going to be a little different once once this initial three-month trial is over, because I'm sure you know there's going to be a huge wave of everyone being on Apple Music for three months, and, and then it's going to be more interspersed. But, you know, it's entirely possible that some artists come out of nowhere, have a one-hit wonder over the summer, and if Apple wasn't paying that royalty for that three-month period, uh, everyone listens to an Apple Music, they get nothing for it, <laughs> they, they go on, they never have another hit, die more or less penniless, you know, just, just over that three-month period. So, so I could see that. But now I have, um, if you're interested, and you being a UFO guy, typically if you're into UFOs, you're into conspiracy theories. So I have a bit of a conspiracy theory on this, if, if you're interested. 
Well, I think it probably echoes mine. I suspect it echoes mine because I already mentioned a conspiracy theory about Taylor Gate or Taylor Swift Gate or whatever we want to call it on this week's episode of the Paracast. But without telling you what I said and what I've already written, what is your take on this? Okay, I'm going to do my Carmack the Magnificent impression here. Uh, <laughs> essentially, I, I mean, we know Taylor pro- and Apple have probably been talking for a while. I mean, they, they showed her album 1989. If I recall correctly, they showed that album in the Apple Music lineup. So, I mean, they're, they've clearly been talking to her. They've clearly been trying to work something out. They definitely want to have Taylor Swift on their platform because she's one of the hottest artists today and, and one of the most powerful women in America. So, I, I suspect this was all pre-orchestrated. I, I, I think... You know, because the bigger issue here for Apple is that they weren't getting the indie people, right? They were, they were working all these indie labels. And so, you know, they talked to Taylor like, hey, look, we're just going to suck it up. We're going to pay the royalties for that three-month period at our own expense. We're going to pull out our gigantic piggy bank and do that. But, hey, you want to kind of make a little public show out of it? And this, this especially seems like something that um, Jimmy Eovine would do, right? It's, it's the kind of that music drama kind of thing, you know, that people just seem to eat up. So, you know, they, they create this little fake feud. She has this thing on Tumblr, like, Hey, Apple, I'd like you to pay royalties. And then a few hours later on a Sunday with a no press release, no nothing. Eddie Q just gets on Twitter and just like, Oh yeah, sure. Why not? And then just now, well, let's see earlier this week, the, the indie labels all signed up with Apple music. So that's like 40, 40,000 something indie labels. And then today she just now on Twitter, she announces that she's going to put her latest album 1989 on Apple music, which isn't available on any other streaming service. Now she's saying it's not an exclusive, but so far it is because we haven't seen it on Spotify. We haven't seen it on uh, audio or, or even beats, anything like that. So uh, the whole thing strikes me as odd. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. You know, I, I think anything that gets, you know, I mean, hey, in the end, artists are getting paid. We're getting more stuff in Apple Music. Those are wins. Those are good things, I think. But, um, yeah, the, the whole thing just feels, just feels orchestrated to me. Well, you know, it's very interesting here. When she made a similar complaint against Spotify, which has a 30-day trial and doesn't pay the artists, apparently, they blew her off. But with well, that- Apple, as soon as she posts her Tumblr blog... Within hours, they react. They react positively, publicly in the social networks. And I agree with you. It's like wrestling. It's a put-up <laughs> job. And they did this to get a lot of publicity. So right now we have the week before the run-up, the introduction of Apple Music. And we have Taylor Swift getting international headlines for what she did and how she beat down the big Apple monolith. Mm-hmm. She beat him down. Apple signs the indies, which include Adele, by the way. That's one of the artists that was included in that deal. And then we have Taylor Swift putting out her 1989 album on Apple Music. Not exclusive, but it's exclusive right now. Because she won't do it for any other subscription service unless they do what Apple does. Now, remember here, the money involved here on a per song basis is like a fraction of a penny it doesn't mean anything but when 20 million or 50 million or 100 million people are listening to a song it can add up and this is the other issue and i agree with her despite the fact that this is well orchestrated and that is that you have a lot of artists who make it once the one hit wonder they get the one hit and if that one hit happens during the time more people than normal are sampling apple music all that income they don't get because they're never going to have it again. You see my point? Right, yeah. So I agree with you on the conspiracy because 
I said the same thing on the Paracast. It was all orchestrated. It was all planned. It was all wrestling federation kind of routine where now they have generated more and more interest in this service and you're going to have an avalanche of free trial signups beginning the 30th of June. It's inevitable. Right. A lot of commentators said, oh, well, this makes Apple look terrible. I'm like, it doesn't make them look terrible. You're talking about Apple Music. You're talking about Apple Music when you weren't talking about Beats. You're not ta- you weren't talking about Mog, uh, which Beats came from. Uh, you know, you're not even talking about Spotify right now. You're talking about Apple Music. And, you know, if, if Apple, you know, kind of looks like they're getting a little beat beaten up by Taylor Swift. They don't care, and everyone loves Taylor Swift. So now everyone's going to associate Apple Music with Taylor Swift. And and that's, gonna, that's a huge win for Apple. They will just feature her more. She will get more and more publicity. And the amount of traffic she gets for 1989 during this 90-day period, going to make her lots and lots of money, even at two cents per track. Remember to visit plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com to check out the premium version of this radio show free of the network ads, plus.technightout.com. It has, speaking of subscriptions, a low subscription fee, cheaper than Apple Music. We have Josh Centers, more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender Antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hugamac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash Hugamac. Bitdefender.com backslash Hugamac. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease. And a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with thoughts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I know a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. 
Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we've been talking about Taylor Swift Gate, and I think we both agree there are elements that it was all done for publicity value, and it sure has succeeded. How many millions and millions of dollars of free publicity did she get and Apple get over this? You couldn't even calculate it, could you? No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's impossible to calculate, but, but I imagine that, you know, Apple Music will have a lot of interest in day one. Now, whether people stick around for day two, <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Well, the other issue here, one of the questions asked about Apple Music is how does Apple differentiate itself from Spotify? Well, a more liberal policy for sampling 90 days, although Spotify is apparently going to begin to extend their free trials as well. The other, that if you have a family or a group of people, you can sign up six people for $14.99. And, you know, that really makes it easy. They have, to some degree, human curation of music, Mm -hmm. which is very important. Not completely, you know, only in a few areas. It seems as if all the music that you're going to listen to in playlist is curated by humans. No, some of it is. Mostly popular music. All right, if you like classical, I don't think they have a classical music maven right now. They will, if it works. So the question here, again, was how does Apple differentiate itself from the pack? So we see a few ways. We see the integration with Apple's ecosystem, with iTunes. And you will also see, as they're doing now, they will have exclusive arrangements with a number of artists to push it. You know, you'll have an artist of the month or whatever. You'll have artists whose music is not on Spotify who are happy to come to Apple with the promise 
of the potential for greater riches, don't you think? Well, it's an interesting question. I went to um, a conference last week. Uh, it's called, it was called Pando Land. It was um, done by the folks at Pando Daily, and, and they they brought it to Nashville. And there was a dis- on stage discussion of, uh, and they had one of the guys from Audio um, discussing this, and, and they were talking about you know how do you differentiate your streaming service, and then they were talking about Apple Music in particular. They had Michael Sippy, who used to be um, on with, with Twitter. And, you know, he said, "Well, you need exclusive content," and and the guy from Audio, I think his name is Mark Rexon. Uh, you, you can read about this on Tidbits.com, by the way. He said, "Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, Spotify has an exclusive on the Led Zeppelin discography, but over a 12-month period, a single Ed Sheeran song was played more than the entire combined Led Zeppelin anthology." He he, he insinuated basically that the the answer is human curation. You know, the problem is 83,000 tracks and nothing to listen to. And and if he's right about that. The, the Apple Music has a huge advantage because it's uh, you know, and this is something Beats has been great with is is the curated playlists, you know, uh, very personally tailored, and you know, of course, Beats Radio, and I, I find I find Beats One, this radio station thing, to be the most interesting part of Apple Music because it's it gives Apple an opportunity to actually shape to, to shape the tastes uh, of its listeners and actually make a real impact on the music industry, and I, I'm surprised. Um, Labels and artists aren't more freaked out by it, to be honest. But, you know, I see Apple taking both approaches here, though. They're trying to get the exclusives, but they're not trying to get, like... And let's be honest, I love Led Zeppelin, but it's old. You know, it's it's old music from the 60s and 70s. Uh, you know, they're trying to get uh, exclusives with, you know, current popular artists like Pharrell, uh, Taylor Swift, um, etc. And they're doing the curation thing. You know, so so they're they're attacking this from several angles. You know, even though Beats was sort of a flop, they didn't have a lot of subscribers, unfortunately. You know, Apple can change that because it's it's going to be built into every Apple device you have. It's going to be in iTunes. It's going to be in music on your iOS device. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to see at this point Apple Music being a total failure unless Apple, as, it's, as it often does with services, just falls flat on its face, which... Which is entirely uh, possible. <laughs> well, Apple, of course, has had problems in the past with reliability. But they're building out more and more data centers, more and more systems. So I hope this time they are fully prepared for what's going to happen. Certainly they have the experience of the other services to go by. So we'll have to know on the 30th exactly what's going to happen, and in the future we'll get to it. Apple Music, June 30th, by the time you hear the show... So we'll be available, by the way, ultimately, not immediately, but ultimately to Android users. That's going to be an interesting thing. This fall, the next Apple TV or the current Apple TV, it'll be available there, but also to Android users. Right now, it's just Mac and Windows and iOS. And that's an interesting development right there. This is the first time that Apple has released software for Android. Obviously, Google is going to have to accept the app because otherwise Apple could just withdraw all the Google apps in iOS from which Google makes tons and tons of money. So that's going to be interesting, isn't it? You know, I think the most interesting thing about this is that it seems like, you know, they come out with this new service and they're just going to roll it into the existing iTunes. I mean, I could be wrong and they could come up with a totally redesigned iTunes on the 30th, but that doesn't seem to be the case. seems like they're just going to slip this in to, to what's there already. And, and that's probably my biggest disappointment because 
I like iTunes in that it kind of has every, it, especially now it's going to have everything in one place. It's got my streaming, the tracks on my hard drive, podcasts, etc. But it's it's not really great at anything, and the interface has become such a labyrinth, and, and they're not really doing anything to address that, at least not yet. So uh, to me, that that seems like the like the biggest weakness of Apple Music. You know, I, the music app on iOS is fine. Um, I'm, I'm sure the experience there will be fine, but you know, I, I would—I really wish they would do something about iTunes already because it's just totally out of hand. Now, my understanding is there will be an iTunes update, but it's just going to be a modest update to support the new service and maybe a few feature or bug changes. Right. So it's no big deal. But I agree with you. I think a lot of people out there would not mind if Apple took iTunes, ripped it apart. Are you hearing this, Jeffrey Robin? Jeffrey Robin is the head guy over at Apple and has been responsible for iTunes since it was Sound Jam from Cassidy and Green. So, Jeffrey Robin, you're a great programmer. Fix it, man. Well, I think it's going to go beyond just, just a programmer. They, they need they need some real design chops to, um, to really redo this thing. I mean, I'd like to see them do what they have in iOS. In iOS, they just split everything out. iTunes is an app. Music is an app. Podcasts is an app, and and each one is um, tailored to do its specific thing. Like I think something that drives me nuts about iTunes um, listening to podcasts is that if you press the the rewind button, you don't go back thirty seconds like you should when you're listening to a podcast, or ten seconds, or fifteen seconds, or like you do in the podcast app. You go back to the start of the podcast. <laughs> like who who would want to do that? No one would want to do that. <laughs> so. You know, they can at least fix that little thing. I'd be a lot happier with iTunes. But I mean, that's that's kind of the problem with iTunes is it's it's a jack of all trades, master of none. And I, on the desktop side, and and they probably haven't done this just simply because it would be complicated to do this on Windows. But I would love to see them have you know iTunes is one thing, music is another thing, podcasts another thing. You know, and this thing I think they get right on on iOS, and they just keep getting wrong on the desktop. Let's not get this wrong. We've got more to come with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. More and more people are discovering the incredible benefits of alkalizing the body. And there's no better product for it than AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds, just a few drops in water will rid your body of harmful waste and give you more vibrance and vigor than you've had in years. Now buy two bottles and get $10 off your order. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Now, a twice-as-nice Twin Kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals Twin Kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price, $89.95. But now, Complete H2O Minerals is offering the Twin Kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day. 
to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. All on subject to one-deck score approval must be in business at least one year to apply. Attention small business owners needing financing. Are you too busy running your business to deal with the slow lending process of your bank? Are you frustrated at the paperwork and delays just trying to get a decision? Then you need OnDeck, the A-plus Better Business Bureau rated small business experts, where our simple application process takes as little as 10 minutes and funding could be available in just one business day. At OnDeck, we focus on your business operation and cash flow, not just your personal credit score. And we're ready to help with loans of up to $250,000. True business Business loans, not credit card advances. OnDeck provides financing to a wide variety of small businesses like restaurants, plumbing, landscaping, freight trucking, and healthcare providers. If you're frustrated with the paperwork and long decision times of traditional lenders, contact OnDeck. Funding could be available in just one business day. OnDeck is publicly listed on the New York Stock Exchange and has provided over $2 billion to small businesses like yours. So go to OnDeckLending.com today or call 800-293-6819. That's 800-293-6819. It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out 1500 bucks, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line, you're defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. 24/7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's simplysafedefense.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So, should iTunes be given a long-delayed burial and recrafted as separate apps? There are lots of opinions there. I mean, already some of that's going on because you have a separate App Store app for the Mac App Store, separated from iTunes. So I don't know. It may be thought that on the desktop it would be too complicated to split it up, especially because the fact that it's also available on the Windows platform. And therefore, Apple would not just be crafting five or six apps for the Mac, which is no big deal, but doing it for Windows, making sure now that it's Windows 10 compatible. I don't know. Let's go beyond that, okay? okay? Let's move to other subjects. Were you disappointed that Apple had nothing whatever to say about Apple TV during the WWDC? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't surprised uh, at this point, but yeah, it was, it was pretty disappointing. 
So what are you hoping for? We've gone through this before, but maybe we should just very quickly go over it before we move on to other subjects. What are you hoping for the next Apple TV? Now, you and I were debating about 4K support, and I think they hold it off to the fall ahead of the launch of more and more low-cost 4K TVs by the TV makers. I think Apple would have no choice. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe. You know, I, I don't really care about 4K. I have a 1080p television that I'm not planning to replace anytime soon. Uh, you know, if you just ask me, like, what do I want out of an Apple TV and not, not you know, where I think the market's going, um, simply all I want is a new box, fat with faster hardware, and maybe a freshened-up interface. I would definitely like to have some sort of app store, app platform, so that it drives me crazy in Apple TV. Can you imagine if your iPhone, if instead of having an app store, just every time you you, you woke up your iPhone and you checked your, your home screen, there was just some new apps on there. Nobody would like that. That would drive everybody crazy. And and if developers had no clear path to put their stuff, you know, on, on the iPhone, it was just all this haphazard. Like, well, who made a deal with Apple? And you know, you know, who, who Apple let in the back door? And, um, so that's a little maddening. I would definitely like to see an app store. Um, it wouldn't even necessarily have to support just full applications. I mean, it could be just audio and video apps, and maybe even photo apps, and that, that would be okay with me. You know, but I would like to have, you know, say Amazon streaming video on my Apple TV. And Apple has no reason to do that themselves because it competes with iTunes. But, hey, there, there are some things uh, I can only watch an Amazon uh, Prime Instant Video that I cannot watch on Netflix or I would have to pay extra money for in iTunes, uh, which I'm not going to do because that's, that's part of the reason I pay for Prime. Um, and this is interesting, too. I would think Apple has no reason not to support that. They support Netflix why not support Amazon Instant Video if they'll pay them? Well, you'd think, but I mean, you know, Amazon's kind of gotten in Apple's turf, so I guess Apple's kind of irate about that. But I mean, it, you know, just just from the the viewer standpoint, just from the customer standpoint, it's irritating. Like, I, I don't care about the politics. I don't care who's mad at who. That shouldn't concern me. That's that's not my problem. You know, that's that's Tim Cook's problem. That's Eddie Q's problem. You know, let, let them. Uh, you know glare at each other in some boardroom somewhere. I, I don't care. You know, I just want to watch w- what I watch. Um, and it's annoying that I have to keep switching between um, the Fire TV and the Apple TV to watch different things. So that's something, I, you know, I'd like to see, uh, you know, sorted out. I'd like a new remote. And, and it's not that I don't love the Apple remote, but we we don't know where where ours is. <laughs> We've actually, we actually spent last weekend tearing apart our living room trying to figure out where our toddler put our Apple remote and still haven't found it. And I don't want to buy a new one because I keep thinking of new Apple TVs on the horizon. I like that little small remote, but I could really go with something bigger so it doesn't get lost as easily. Or if I at least had some sort of, I don't know, like function where I could find the remote. Like, you know, there's there's some TVs that have remotes where you press a thing and it it emits a signal, you know, it, it an audio signal, and you can you can figure out where your remote is. And I also like the feature in the Roku remotes where you can put headphones in the remote. I, I'd love to see that as well. Um, the thing I don't like about the Apple TV remote is what Steve Jobs claimed was the virtue. Having fewer buttons, but having fewer buttons means for every function... You have to click and click and click and navigate through loads of menus. And that's the other problem which you basically foresee here. And Roku has it worse. Having so many different channels means that you've got to confront 
dozens and dozens of different interfaces, different ways of getting the shows you want. There is no integration. There's sort of integration with Roku where you can search out, say, a movie. I want to rent Expendables 3. Don't know why, but it was a fun junk movie. I want to rent Expendables 3. And they'll give you a list of the services that they have that offer it. Now, in a situation like that, there may be a movie you could rent from iTunes on the Apple TV, but also is available for streaming free from Netflix. Well, see, well, see now, it's it's interesting you mention that because one of the the background features of iOS nine um, in this new Siri search, um, you know, this, this new this redone spotlight is that you can search for content inside of apps. Wouldn't that be interesting if that was part of this new Apple TV thing where you could search, you know, that's being built. So when they port it to Apple TV, you can search for the content inside the apps you have installed. That would be one answer. And I think there has to be also a way for Apple to resolve managing multiple devices. You know, maybe they only care about having your Apple TV service everything with their own subscription service, but they have to realize most people who will buy an Apple TV, already have a cable or satellite set-top box. And it's always the same problem. You want to switch among multiple devices. It's not efficient, even with a universal remote control. I mean, some of them have IR repeaters where you stick them on the sensing points on your TV or your set-top box, and it's easier for the remote to pick that up without aiming it. But if you don't want to go through that nonsense and you want to aim your universal remote in a way that turns on everything, controls everything, it's very, very awkward. Mm -hmm. And just going from Apple TV, for example, we turn on the TV set, we'll turn on the layout with the cable TV box. But then we decide, let's just watch something from Apple TV or Netflix has a new show to stream like Daredevil a couple of months back. And now you have to stop switch it to Apple TV, but wait a minute, the Apple TV has a very narrow IR range of sensitivity. So that makes it difficult to take the Apple TV remote and point it just right to get it to work properly. I think Apple can do a lot of things to enhance the TV experience, but some of it involves dealing with other people's products. Can Apple design the ultimate universal remote to address all this nonsense? I don't know. But the way it is now is no good. I I think Apple would rather replace other people's products than than try to work with them. Well, I'll give you an example. Um, You know, right? I mean, you can get a box like you're mentioning right now. You can go get an Xbox One, and it has an HDMI input in the back. It has an IR blaster, so you can plug your cable box into it, and you, you can watch and control your cable box through your Xbox One. But it's uh, it's it's kind of cumbersome as such things are. I mean, it's cumbersome to set up, it's cumbersome to use. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure most Xbox uh, One uh, owners are are really doing that. Um, so I, I I just can't see Apple complicating things that way. I could see Apple having their own um, streaming service, their own video streaming service, and saying, well, you know, just don't bother with Comcast. Go with ours, uh, you know, and, and do everything through the Apple TV. And, and if they have an app platform, then that becomes 
uh, becomes a better story because it's like, okay, well, you can, you know, there's an app for Sling TV if you want that. You can subscribe to our service. You can watch Amazon stuff. You can play video games on this. You don't need another box. You don't need to switch inputs. Just turn the TV on, uh, you know, fire up the Apple TV, and, and there you go. That's your entire experience. You no need to switch to anything else. Um, I think there's a compelling argument there for a lot of households. Now, let's do this break here because I want to ask you a question about that. We have Josh Centers from Tidbits and Take Control Books, author of Take Control of Your Apple TV. And there will be a new edition we know we expect this fall. This is the Tech Night Out Live. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. 1-888-379-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. 1-888-379-MY-TV. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at one 800 686 2237 extension 129. 
As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we're talking about the next Apple TV and connectivity issues. Another solution Apple could offer is, and it's already done to a slight degree, you already have apps from the major cable and satellite systems on iOS and iPhone. So say if you're a subscriber to Comcast, if Comcast offered a full controllable app for their subscribers on Apple TV, you could use the Apple TV to get your content. You don't have to worry about the set-top box. That eases switching. They won't want to do it because they want the control. But the fact of the matter is it would be better for them to make it easier for their subscribers to use their service. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an interesting idea. And it would be a possibility if Apple opens up the Apple TV. Apple TV. And, of course, we haven't talked much about the Apple TV subscription service yet. Supposedly, Apple's still working on it. We have confirmation from the head of CBS that Apple has contacted them. And you have to believe the people in the industry because Apple's not going to shut him down. Right? All right, let's move on. (laughs) We mentioned briefly iOS 9 and the enhanced or proactive Siri. Now, one of the big features of iOS 9 is at last half-decent multitasking for iPad, especially an iPad Air 2, which gets the split view. Now, forget whether you have that already on Android, on Samsung Gear or Windows 8 or any of that stuff. You're getting a way to work with multiple apps. And the question I have here is, is this going to realize the promise of iPad becoming a real productivity device and does it pave the way for alleged iPad Pro? Well, I'm running the iOS 9 beta on my iPad Air. Now, now, mind you, iPad Air can't do... You have to have the Air 2 to do the full split-screen app thing. So so I haven't had a chance to play with that yet. But I'll say just... just now, there's three features in that. There's you know split-screen apps. There's what they call slide-over, which you, you can pull up another app and have it in a like an iPhone with column 
roughly iPhone with column you know on the side of your app. So say you can you can look at your text messages without closing Safari, but you can't use both apps at once. And they'll have um they have what's called picture in picture where you start a video, you leave the video and it still stays in, in its own frame that you can control. And I can say you know I'm not a huge iPad guy. Mine's mostly for testing purposes and screenshots. But uh, I have to say it's uh, just just those two features themselves are pretty compelling. You know, I could see how a larger screen iPad would suddenly make sense with these features. But yeah, it, it makes the iPad a lot more of a joy to use because it's you know, you're finally able to use all that screen space. It doesn't feel like just a large iPhone. You know, it, it feels like um, it feels more like a Mac without without that complexity. But you know, I mean, just in uh, you know, just in being able to pull up a video. And be able to you know watch or listen to that video while you know I browse through Twitter or something is um, is a huge improvement. Well, I've run it briefly. I ran the first beta. There's a second beta now. I ran the first beta on an iPhone six. The problem was it started using excessive amounts of battery life. But understand, a beta operating system is very very buggy. And it can be buggy in the ways you don't want it to be. So if you don't have a spare iPhone, don't do it. If you're using the Mac betas, you sign up as a developer, for example, or you wait for the public beta to come out in July, set up another partition on your drive. And you can do that now with Macs. You could you have this live partitioning scheme if you haven't really filled up your drive a lot. You could do that. Set up a second partition on your Mac or an external hard drive or something to run the El Capitan updates on your Mac. Because these things are going to be really, really buggy. It takes three months to straighten them out. That's why Apple releases these things in June, and they don't release the final version until September or October. So it's three or four months of development, and a lot of ills are present right now. But it's interesting to at least have more and more access, Apple Combined all the developer programs now, so the $199 fee you pay every year gets you all of them, which sort of makes sense. And the public betas will be out in July, so if you take the precautions, you can get it. But I did run iOS 9 briefly. I like the fact that the new San Francisco font, this is the system font, which is based on the same font used in Apple Watch. It's easier to see in smaller sizes. Very important. I really like San Francisco's assistant font. It's it's a big improvement over Helvetica, and I like um and, and this is a small thing, but but it's kind of a huge thing. Is that the there are now two keyboards. There's a lowercase keyboard and an uppercase keyboard, so there's no more confusion over whether shift is on or off. Uh, you, you can look right at the keyboard and see see what you're going to type. So it's much more a WYSIWYG. You know you know what you're going to get. Yes, that's very important. Apple has done all these little clever things to clean up the operating system. We hope there will be fewer bugs. You won't have the problems that we had last year with iOS 8 and with El Capitan, with Yosemite last year, with Yosemite Sam, as I call it, where there were lots of bugs, some of which may still exist. So it would be good for that. The thing I like about iOS 9 also is the technique they have of getting it to install on a space-challenged iPhone or iPad. They've reduced the size of the update file so you don't run into a situation where there's insufficient space. If there is still insufficient space, there's something posted now on the sites. You've probably seen it. Maybe you've encountered it, Josh, where it will offer to remove some apps to make space for the update and then reinstall them after the update is installed. 
do you think of that? We've discussed that, and and I have two minds on it. One is that, first of all, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. The the second thing is we really need some details on how that works. You know, I mean, which apps does it delete? Uh, and you know, there's no, it doesn't tell you, or it doesn't seem to. And then if okay, if it deletes an app, does it restore the data for the app, or is it like, is it going to delete your game and then reinstall it with all your progress lost? You know, is that what's going to happen? Um, so that's something I, I think Apple really needs to have some sort of explanation about. And I'm guessing we probably won't see one uh, during the beta period. Well, maybe during the public beta, but I, I doubt we'll see one during at least the, the, the developer beta. Um, but that's something that have to, I really hope they explain and let people know what's happening. I mean, hopefully it's – I mean, it was in the logical thing to do would be to, uh, you know, figure out what the biggest app is or biggest apps – you know, upload them to uh, upload the data to iCloud, delete the app, reinstall the app, restore the data. But uh, there's lots of ways that could go wrong, right? Um, I mean, it could even be like it, it might even delete the apps, the the built-in Apple apps that are undeletable but don't hold any data. Like for instance, um, uh, like uh, like clock or uh, or stocks or you know stuff like maybe it deletes those makes room. I, I'm not quite sure how it works. And that's, I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion about it in, until I, I understand exactly how it works. Cause I see a lot of ways it can go very, very wrong. Well, that's the concern I had. That's what I thought of the first time I saw this note about, which is, do you remove the data as well? The settings, everything about that. And that's very important because the other day I had to take my iPhone and totally wipe it clean and do a full restore because it wasn't storing cookies. Now, some people don't want to care about cookies, but of course you need that, say, for example, if you want to stay logged into something, like my forums. I want to check my forums for Tech Night Owl and also for our radio show, the other one, the Paracast. And every time I go to the forums, I have to log in again. So I talked to Apple and they gave me all the reset your Safari data and history and all that. And they said the final solution is you wipe your iPhone clean, do a restore. As I was saying, I had to restore my iPhone from scratch, which meant, of course, setting it up as a new device. And what that means is that you have to copy all your apps again. And for some reason, Apple has no way of restoring my email accounts, even though it's set up in the internet settings on my Mac. If you run into that where you set up an iPhone Josh from scratch and it doesn't carry over your internet accounts? Yeah, it, it's really annoying. I mean, I, that I, took about a half hour to set up, which is no big deal, but it's a half hour I don't need to spend. Well, I, I tell you what I hate. I, I use Gmail and but but I also have um, aliases, you know, that I send from that I need to have. Like for instance, I have a personal email address, and I have my Tidbits email address, and and so on. So you know, these are things I need, and I can't set up the aliases if I set up my email as Gmail. I have to set it up as a generic IMAP, enter all the all the stuff manually, and then I have to, um, the, and then I have to add the aliases that way, and it, it just drives me nuts. I mean, it, it would make it easier if I could just say, yes, yeah, set up Gmail, set up the Google account, um, and then put my aliases in, but I can't do that. It's very annoying. Let me do the break here. we got more to come with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books on the Tech Night Out Live.
He's independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we were talking a little bit about the promise of iOS 9, but also the issues involving the iPhone and some of the glitches, especially having to restore it from scratch, also in the handling of Gmail with Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. Now, I have a Gmail account, but I kind of use it just very sparingly, so I don't get into the fine-tuning in the nature. And isn't it correct that in terms of Macs and in terms of any other device other than going directly to the gmail app you always run to or the gmail site you always run to glitches uh yeah i don't have too many i mean and, and most of the ones i have exist in apple's mail apps regardless of uh of what you know uh service you use so you, you know i mean i guess for me it's just force of habit you know I've, I've had my gmail longer than any other email account i've ever had i've had it for over I guess over like about a decade now, if not longer. And, uh, you know, just all my emails there, uh, moving would be a pain, uh, you know, changing addresses would be a pain, changing uh, redirects and so forth. Um, and, you know, uh, at the same time, I really don't like the, I don't really care for the Gmail interface. I mean, but it, it's handy sometimes for certain things. Like if I have a very specific search or if I have to set some filters or something, um, but you know, a day-to-day basis, I, I like sticking with Apple's mail apps because there are there are certain advantages 
uh, Apple provides for using them, and uh, you know a few more they're adding in iOS nine. You know, and, and plus I just like having uh, you know having some hands-on experience with that, and because that's a common step that a lot of people have problems with. Um, so I mean, yeah, it, it, for me it just works for me for different reasons, and it's not something I would highly recommend for anyone else. But uh, uh, you know, that, that's just how I do things. Well, I of course mostly use domain email for myself. So we have technidal.com and theparacast.com. So our server has an email system. We deal with that. You know, I just have this thing about Google scraping my emails and that I'm not very appreciative of that. Let's move to El Capitan, shall we? Okay. Okay, so El Capitan, again, a split view feature, but in this case, it seems to work on all supported models. There's no limit to one particular Mac. And that, again, the critics are saying, oh, it's copied from Windows, just as they say the feature on iOS 9 is copied from Samsung smartphones and tablets. But what's your take of it? Does it matter that Microsoft had it first or a variation of it first? They all copy each other. And, you know, I was pretty partial to Windows 7. And even on my Mac now, I use Better Touch Tool, which which includes um, a variant of that Snap feature uh, that was you know first uh, introduced in Windows Seven. So yeah, I, I'm, I think it's great that Apple stole it. <laughs> it's a handy thing, and and I think people get a lot of use out of it. So you know, I mean, who invented first is is irrelevant to me because I mean, you know, I mean they all they all rip each other off. You know, people a lot of people were saying that iOS eight and iOS nine, which is ripping off Android, would. More or less true, but um, you know, Android comes out with a new version, and they mostly rip off Apple. So I mean, I mean, he- I mean, heck, you know, in the upcoming version of was Android M, they're going to uh, co- basically just copy the Apple way of copying and pasting text. So you know, I, and that's how things move forward. You know, that's just uh, that's just how progress works. So you know, it's a good thing. Also, when you look at multitasking, there are only so many things you can do. And so many ways you can organize it. So if you want to display two apps on the screen, how many ways do you do that? Do you have them come up from the rear? Do you have them come up from the sides? Do you have them come up upside down? There are practically certain ways that are practical to do it. And the mechanism behind it, the way of implementing it, the quality of the implementation may be very different. But again, how many different ways can you multitask? Right. I mean, you know, there's only so many ways you can, uh, you know, do, do the exact same you know, thing. I mean, there's only so many ways you can you can arrange stuff on a screen before, you know, you, you start copying how someone else has done it. You know, with Windows 10, for example, they have a version of virtual desktops like Apple Spaces. They have window management schemes similar to Mission Control on the Mac. And the other big feature on Windows 10, by the way, is restoring the start menu. That's the number one feature. <laughs> well, That's you know, all with that operating system. I mean, it's more direct access to desktop, a new browser, which was called Project Spartan, but now will be called Edge. Yeah. Like the well, Edge of Reality or a wrestler named Edge. There's a wrestler <laughs> named Edge who's in the TV show Haven. And then there's other people. There's an Edge in U2. Yeah. Now we have a browser called Edge. This is the but, edge of reality, folks. But 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 even Apple Spaces weren't what that wasn't a new thing. You know, I mean, Unix desktops had done that for years, uh, and and, and I, th- I think there was even a Windows add-on to do that that you could get from Microsoft for 
a number for a long time. I remember, I seem to remember using that back with XP. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, none of this stuff is new. And like you said, there's only so many ways to, uh, you know, there's always so many ways to, uh, you know, put windows on a screen. Exactly. And the key here is how well do these features work? Do they cause problems? And there's another issue with El Capitan. And it's kind of like we ran into last year with handoff. You know, you start your document on your Mac and you go on to your iPhone, pick up your document or your message or vice versa. It only worked on Macs that support Bluetooth LE, largely Macs built in 2012 or later. Well, Apple did this again this year. We have Metal, which is a way of integrating a lot of screen drawing operations and stuff and pushing them all to the graphics chip. More stuff being handled by the graphics chip, kind of like the way it's being done in iOS. All right, so we have that, but can all Macs that run El Capitan, which apparently are the same Macs that could run Yosemite, can they do that? Apparently not. Did you see the developer note on that? No, no. You're aware of what I'm saying here. Apparently, you have to have the right graphics hardware, which, again, takes you back to 2012. Older Macs won't be able to use metal. Right. I haven't read very deeply into that. My understanding was that, generally, if you had... I could be wrong here. If you have an NVIDIA or an AMD uh, card, then like I have a 2011 Mac that has, I believe, an NVIDIA chipset. So it might be able to use metal. Uh but limiting it to newer Macs definitely seems like an Apple thing to do. Uh, that, that's something I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look into. Mostly what it might mean is that certain features of the chip have to be available. Now, obviously, if you have Intel integrated graphics, which most Macs do, that's another issue entirely. And then again, it has to support certain drawing features. It's very technical. But some people who saw the developer's notes were saying that I know iMore has a reference on it that Peter Cohen talked to us about last week. So I would look at that. The thing that bothers me about Apple is they should be more upfront about this. They weren't very upfront about handoff last year with Yosemite. And they should be upfront about this, not just say so in a developer workshop, but have something in the fine print. This feature works only on Macs that have this, that, and the other thing. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I think Apple kind of shoots itself in the foot. I mean, I, I know they want to encourage people to buy newer Macs. Because, I mean, I have a 2011 Mac. It doesn't do handoff. But otherwise, I'm very happy with it. It's still fast. I don't really have a, a need to buy something brand new. Of course, they want me to. And, and that's part of how they get me to do it. But you know, on, the, on the other end, I never use handoff. I have no reason to use handoff because it doesn't work with my Mac. Um, you, you know, why... Uh, and so it never, it never really, um, uh, you know, I never get used to using it. And so, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are the same way. If they can't use it on their on their older Macs, uh, you know, they're not even going to bother trying to use it. So, um, you know, and you got the same problem with metal. You know, if if the vast majority of Mac users cannot use metal, then why are deve- why should developers uh, build their stuff around metal just to target people who have computers there? You know at most three years old. Um, Yes, but you have to look at the fact that in those three years, Apple will have sold, what, 20 million Macs a year? That 60 million Macs will be able to run metal. So they can't not support it, especially if it's easy, which is a big deal. If it's an easy thing for developers to add, a trivial thing, 
That doesn't matter, does it? Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Live. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Neighbor let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hug-A-Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash Hug-A-Mac. bitdefender.com backslash Hug-A-Mac. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Extend your life with Extend Your Bite. Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural draino, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, 
you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. With Josh Sanders of Tidbits and Take Control Books, final segment here. But do you agree with me here? If it's easy for programmers to add a feature and huge numbers of new Apple gear are supporting a feature, if you leave some people behind, it's not such a big deal because their computers won't work any less or any slower. They'll still be able to take advantage of most features of a new operating system. Eh, uh, okay, so, so here's the thing. You know, if, if you're a developer, adapting any new technology is going to have a cost associated with it. You know, I mean, even if metal is easy and it's drop-in, it's not going to quite be, you know, it'll take an hour to do. It'll probably take, you know, if you're moving from, say, OpenGL to metal, then there's definitely going to be a conversion process. There's going to be a learning curve. Um, there's a lot, and there's probably going to be a lot of unforeseen things you're going to have to retool. And you know what's the benefit? Well, you get better performance, but on the other hand, you lose a, a huge chunk of your market. You know, people just cannot. You know, a lot of Mac owners can't run your app anymore, and thus you lose them as customers. My understanding here, though, is that you wouldn't make the app incompatible. It would just simply take advantage of an additional feature. It would still work. With the older, right. But even then, you'll see more and more of the big app developers are making their products only work with recent OS systems. Look at the system requirements for Microsoft Office for Mac 2016, for example. Right. But, you know, if if you ran Yosemite, you can run uh, El Capitan, and that's not a problem. And it supports hardware for many years back. So I don't think that's going to be... A huge problem. I see. I see the reasons for that because they want to use those newer APIs and makes their code more efficient. And if there is a fallback, so people in older Macs aren't shut out, then yeah, I can totally see them adapting Metal. And I've seen um, some some commentary from developers who are pretty excited about it because I mean, let's be honest. OpenGL, for as much as been touted by the open source community, it sucks. Especially compared to say what DirectX can do. You know, um, the efficiency of DirectX which is a competing system on Windows, you know, OpenGL is just, it's hard to work with. It's slow. It's a huge part of the reason why um, gaming and graphics performance on the Macs has fallen well under what the PC can do. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, and I welcome it, even if my Mac can't run it. You know, I think in the long run, it'll be a big step forward. And it's about time uh, that Apple did something about this because, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, Open OpenGL sucks. <laughs> Well, there's OpenCL, which is the other feature that's used, which brings functions from the CPU to the graphics hardware. And there's an interesting here how graphics hardware seems to be developing faster than Intel CPUs. You know, each generation of Intel CPUs now, well, it uses a little bit less power. It's a smaller die process, and the performance improvement is barely noticeable. I was thinking about this the other day when I was looking at benchmarks of a late 2009 iMac. 
with the 2.8 gigahertz i7 processor compared to the 2014 iMac with 5K Retina display and 4 gigahertz i7. The improvement according to the benchmarks is like 50% or so, and that sounds like a lot. But over like a five or six year period, that's not a lot. But if they can get a lot more of improvement by tapping the power of the graphics chips, like Adobe is saying what After Effects would render eight times faster. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, these, these graphics, you know, these 3D chips started as, you know, gaming devices. And it's kind of crazy that we don't use them, you know, for more things. Because, I mean, I mean this isn't necessarily true with Macs, especially the, the ones that use less power and have the integrated chipsets. But even then, even then the, the Intel integrated chipsets, uh, graphics chipsets, have gotten uh, a lot more powerful. You know, and it, it seems silly not to use all that power. I mean, now, uh, you know, Bitcoin mining, a lot, a lot of Bitcoin mining, I don't know if people still do that, but that mostly uses GPUs um, for, for various technical reasons. So, yeah, it seems kind of crazy. We haven't been tapping more into this, what's effectively a second computer inside your computer. And, and so it's, it's a good thing that we're finally starting to take advantage of that kind of hardware. Now, this has nothing to do with that, but those who theorize that Apple might move to ARM chips on the Mac, think about the investment that Apple has made in working with the Intel platform. And Metal, obviously, most Macs have Intel integrated graphics. If Apple's making that kind of investment, it's a long term investment. They're working around, obviously, the lack of substantial upgrades in CPUs. They're giving you better performance, but they're also showing that they're making a huge investment for the future of the Intel platform, don't you think? You could say that. You could also paint it as they're making an investment in having their own software stack that they can adapt to to any hardware underneath. You know, I, I, I don't know how to feel about the whole ARM Mac thing. People, I mean, I'm sure it's been tried in the lab. I'm sure there's, you know, if Intel really... Um, pulled one over an Apple, they, they would have a plan to, to move to an ARM chip. But I just, I don't see what the advantage for Apple is at this point, um, other than just mere curiosity or, or power savings. I mean, the, the, they have good uh, battery life with the MacBooks as they stand now. You have the Windows compatibility, which that's a huge thing, and a lot of people depend on that. I think if there's anything keeping uh, the Mac on Intel, that's probably it. Because um, once people didn't have to make a, make a choice between Windows apps and the Mac, you saw a huge uptick in Mac adoption. Um, so that's probably, the, that's probably the key there. Not that I would ever write off an ARM Mac, but I just don't see the point. Well, not, not only that, but I mean, look at how Intel bends over backwards to do stuff for Apple. You know, Apple a lot of times is the first OEM to get access to to Intel's new stuff. You know, I mean, and, and Intel designs, you know, puts designs on their chips specifically because Apple wants them, because Apple, if I'm not mistaken, is Intel's biggest OEM customer. So, I mean, you know, they have a good partnership there. They have a good relationship. It's it's not equivalent to Apple and Motorola where, you know, Apple say, hey, we need some faster power PC chips, and Motorola just shrug and work on phones or something. Apple and Intel... To, Apple and Intel have a very strong relationship, so um, I don't see that changing. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Remember, also the parts that Apple buys from Intel are the most expensive parts, the mm-hmm. parts from which they earn the most profits. So it's not just being a big customer; it's being a big customer of expensive product. 
And you can bet that Intel wants to keep that business and they will work with Apple to do it. So I don't believe in an ARM-based Mac either. And among all the other issues, plus emulation, what do you do with existing Intel-based apps? The other issue being, of course, the ability to run Windows at great speed on a Mac in boot camp or through Parallels or Fusion or any of these products. Like, for example, right now I'm running Windows 10 on my Mac, and I have no problem with performance. It's fine. It works just great. Josh Centers, would you tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do? Even stuff uh, that you don't do. I don't know. <laughs> you can read my articles at uh, tidbits.com and my Twitter ramblings on uh, at jcenters on Twitter. And remember, Twitter is now more popular than ever. And Tumblr with the arrival of Taylor Swiftgate. You see? You never know what's going to be on there. Maybe Eddie Q or Tim Cook or someone is going to write a tweet and it will change things forever. No, I don't believe that. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. 
but what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from Reputation.com right now. Call 800 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While well, my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues, no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have the ultra prolific author, Joe Kissel, who writes many of those Take Control books, lots of magazine articles, and other stuff. He's one of the most prolific writers I know. There are a few others but mostly not in the tech field. So let's go on. There's Now, we've been preaching for many years on this show the backup religion. Make one or more backups of your stuff. You never know when something's going to happen and you need to find one of those old files. Now, Apple made it easier with, of course, Time Machine. But there's an article that Joe did just very recently for Tidbits called 11 Stupid backup strategies. Now, what are we talking about here? What do we have to fear? Except fear itself, Joe. <laughs> well, I've, I've written a lot about backups. We'll talk a little bit later about my, my most recent book. But as I talk to people about backups, they, they like to come up to me and say, oh, here's, here's what I do. And then they get a little bit nervous and they're like, is that okay? Is that a good idea? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. This is sort of a recounting of uh, a lot of the things I have heard or seen over the years. It's not that they've given it zero thought. They have, they have thought, you know, for the most part about backups to some extent, but they sort of haven't thought it through correctly or, or completely. They end up doing things that kind of leave a lot of their data still at risk. So I thought it'd be fun to just uh, come up with, it was originally a list of 10 stupid backup strategies, and a reader said, oh, what about this? And like, yeah, let's make that 11. It might still grow. I don't know. Okay, so it became 11. Of those 11, and we can go into lots of them, mm-hmm. what is the most stupid? Can we rate them? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I guess the most stupid is is not having any backups at all. You can't really call that a backup strategy, but it's on the list because some people literally have no backups at all. They, they sort of think, well, my computer has worked fine for years. It'll probably continue working fine. What's going to happen? And that's exactly the sort of thinking that gets you into trouble because it's the things that you haven't thought about or predicted that randomly go wrong. Maybe they're your fault. Maybe your computer breaks down. Maybe there's theft, a fire, tsunami, whatever. Something can happen no matter how well your computer functions or how scrupulous you are. Something can happen to damage or or delete your data. Okay, so obviously doing no backup. Now, Apple made it, I thought, simple by having Time Machine, but you need another partition or another drive to do it. I guess that's the problem. Yeah, well, Time Machine is, as I say in the article, it is way better than nothing. And I, I think Apple did absolutely the right thing by integrating backups into OS X, by making them easy to use, by making them kind of fun. So that's all, that's all fantastic. A couple of problems with Time Machine, though. I've encountered far too many cases where you're using Time Machine and it seems to be working great maybe for months, maybe for years. And then all of a sudden, one day, an error message pops up on your screen and Time Machine says, "Uh, sorry, I'm not going to do this anymore. (laughs) Due due to an unknown, unrecoverable error, you're just going to have to basically erase your backup drive and start over again. And this happened both to me and to my wife recently. And as far as we could tell, it wasn't like a disk problem or something. It was just, we, we don't even know. Just We just get an, an error message saying, you got to erase and start over. And that doesn't really inspire confidence. Um, and there are uh, lots and lots of reports of different kinds of, of issues like this that you can find on the web where, where Time Machine basically lets you down at a very inopportune time. So that's one thing. But the other thing about Time Machine is that even if it is working perfectly, if that's your only backup, you could encounter any any of numerous kinds of problems, but one of those problems is like, you know, your disk dies. Okay, fine. So I guess I'm going to have to go out and get a new disk and replace it and then restore my time machine backup. And that's a very time-consuming thing. It could take, you know, overnight or longer. And during that entire period that the time machine is busy restoring your data, you're just out of luck. You, you, you can't do any work with your Mac at all. It's just going to be restoring the backup. Whereas if you also have a clone of your disk, then even if your entire disk completely dies, you can start up from the clone and get back to work in a minute or two as though nothing ever happened. And you can keep using that clone until you've had time to restore your backup from Time Machine or whatever else. Now, let me tell you about my backup routine before we go into the other stupid backup methods. And you can evaluate mine. Okay. So I have one external drive with a clone backup. Uh I use Carbon Copy Cloner. Mm -hmm. I then have a Time Machine backup on a second drive. Mm -hmm. Okay. The clone is run every evening. So I'm not working. It just does its thing. Time Machine's running every hour. Mm -hmm. I then have an off-site backup with one of those online backup places. Right on. Okay. Fortunately, the... ISP I'm using, Cox, increased the bandwidth allotment, so I don't have to worry anymore about hitting my bandwidth cap. I was very close with those online backups, because my 
internal drive has close to 600 gigabytes of stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really trying to be tight about it. So what is your observation, doctor? Uh, actually, that, that's a, that sounds like a great plan. You have, you have hit my three points. So as, as I talk about in my book, although there are many, many different ways of doing it, however you do your backups, you want to hit basically the three points you mentioned. So a clone is one because that lets you get back to work right away if there's a problem. Uh, a version backup is number two, and you're using Time Machine, which is fine. You can also use any of dozens of other apps to do version backups. And a version backup just means you're going to back up your files. And when you back up the next time, you're not going to delete or the, the stuff that was there already is going to stay there. So now you're adding to it. You're not deleting. That way, if you delete a file on your Mac, it's still in your backups. And if you accidentally change a file on your Mac or some software does, um, then you can always go back to a previous version in your backup. So versioning uh, just means you're adding to your backups, you're not deleting. So you have those with Time Machine. And your third component is off-site backups, uh, which is super important because, you know, if lightning strikes or tornado or burglary or whatever, um, your backups could completely disappear along with your Mac. So one way of doing uh, off-site backups is what you're doing is using a cloud service. That's, that's fine if you have enough bandwidth. Um, and I'm, I'm delighted that you do. Uh, if you don't have enough bandwidth or if you're nervous about it or you can't afford it or there are whatever circumstances, uh, you can just get an extra hard drive, make an extra backup. And let's say once a week or so, you take that hard drive someplace else. You take it to a friend's house or you take it to a you know, safe deposit box or wherever you feel is a safe place to store it. And then just swap, uh, swap that for the drive that's already there. So it's extra work. But the, the point is that there will be another backup up that someplace not near your Mac. And that way, you know, with those three components, the version backups, the clone, and the offsite backups, uh, you are protected against almost anything that could, co- that could go wrong. Probably not absolutely everything, but almost anything that could go wrong. Well, you saw the movie Independence Day. If E.T. strikes and takes us down, yeah. don't worry about the backup. That's your least important problem. Exactly so. Exactly so. I think, you know, if, if there's alien invasion, nuclear war, zombie apocalypse, that sort of thing, uh, any everybody's backup plan is going to fail, but it's not going to matter. Zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Huh. Why do we care so much about zombies? Uh, zombies are so much fun. <laughs> of, of all uh, the- I don't know. They're kind of yucky. Yeah, well, of of all the different uh, ways that the the you know the the world could go sour, <laughs> I, I think I think zombies feel feel random enough and and weird enough to not feel threatening, but uh, but they're still scary enough to be uh, entertaining. Well, I think of it this way: with zombies, it implies you could live forever because they're supposedly undead yeah. in many of these scenarios. So it's a way of surviving. And it's not quite as grisly, maybe, as being a vampire, because then you've got to drink blood and all that other stuff, or true blood, or whatever it is. In any case, we have Joe Kissel. He's a very prolific writer, writes lots of Take Control books. And we're talking about 11 stupid backup strategies. And frankly, we haven't covered them all yet. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to ask a few others. Sure. Okay. All right. And part of it is, I think, just having one. Mm-hmm. That's a real big one right there. That's a big one. This is the Tech Night Out Live. 
independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's D-R-O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story. It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward claiming they, too, exposed themselves. 
journalists with the help of GCN. It's true. They're all guilty. Every last one of them. GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed. And just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month. Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. GCN. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Isle live with Joe Kissel, prolific writer of many take control books, writes lots of magazine articles, covers security, covers backups, covers anything. You know, he covers how to make a turkey dinner. All right, so let's look at the stupid backups. And we've talked about having just one, mm-hmm. have multiples. That's an important thing. Now, depending on data recovery apps or services, that's number two. That could be yep. pretty expensive. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I talk about how I went uh, to tour the Drive Savers facility in Northern California, and that was lots of fun. It was really, really cool seeing how technicians can like go into a clean room and completely disassemble a drive and like mess with the electronics and do all this stuff. And that's, that's great for, you know, certain kinds of situations, but I keep getting basically PR spam from companies that make data recovery software and their pitch is, Hey, you know, someday you're going to accidentally delete a file or a photo or something else you really need. So what you have to do is buy our software so that you can undelete it. That goes back, what, 25 years in the Mac? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it's been around forever, but there's, you know, even more of them now. And for, to my way of thinking, whether it's software that you buy that you just run on, on your own Mac or whether you have to take the more extreme measure of like taking your hard drive out of your Mac and sending it to a company like DriveSavers to recover your data, it, it's really the wrong solution to the problem. Um, first of all, sometimes these programs and, and services succeed and sometimes they don't. Um, when you have to use a service like Drive Savers, it's going to cost you, you know, many hundreds of dollars at least, depending on a lot of variables. And it's, you know, it's going to take a long time. It, it may or may not succeed. And and anyway, if the problem is that your your Mac, you know, has has melted in a fire or uh, has been stolen, that's that's not going to help. So I think a lot of people, because they are aware of the existence of data recovery software and data recovery services, they sort of think, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to back up my Mac because if anything did happen, I could, you know, spend the money and, and use one of these things. But I, I think a far more economical and reliable solution would just be to back it up in the first place. Now, the thing to point out here, is that usually with this drive recovery software, it has to be running and make some kind of backup file. It's mostly for repairing hard drive problems that are not strictly mechanical. I mean, if your hard drive fails, forget about it. Sure. Or you mistakenly delete something and you haven't overwritten that file. And it right. will put like a tracking file on your Mac to kind of minimize that problem. Now, when you send it to the drive recovery service, and I have somebody who did that, 
And they went to one of these places, and I got them a good price. And they didn't have a really big hard drive, so it wasn't much north of $1,000. Mm-hmm. And they got it all back. They sent it back on a small hard drive, and everything was fine. But you had to still put a new drive into that Mac and restore it. And I should point out, while we're talking about bad drives, Apple has a recall now on some of the 27-inch iMacs with the three terabyte drives from several years ago. Yeah. So you need to go onto Apple's site and look up their recall programs where they have extended repair, where if something goes bad, they'll fix it. Now, understand that you better back up your stuff first before you take it in because they're going to take the drive. And yeah, I guess they will make an effort to recover your data onto a new drive. But just yeah. have something. And backup drives are cheap, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it used to be that, that getting a, an extra hard drive for a backup was a really big deal. But now, I mean, you know, 50 bucks or something, you can get a, a backup drive. So why wouldn't you? Well, can I count the ways? Uh, well, yeah. Okay, so that is like closing the barn door after the cattle has left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what you're doing here is you're preparing to fix something after the damage has occurred, knowing that recovery is not going to be certain and even if it is it could be expensive and you're going to be inconvenienced mm-hmm. because you just can't back get back to work i mean if you have a second drive here and your mac goes bad tomorrow all right you get it fixed maybe you have another mac or you borrow one from a friend or family member the point being that at least you can get back and recover yeah but when you get into these services that fix damage after it's occurred that's not good. What about doing manual backups? I know some people prefer to back up things at the point of doing a document. Okay, I got this document now. Let me make a manual backup. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, in a certain sense, a backup is a backup, so that's great. But, you know, Murphy's Law tends to take hold here. And the, the one time that you forget to do your manual backup is going to be that, you know, the time when you lose data. Um it's it's just sort of human nature to you know take shortcuts to forget about things to run out of time for me i mean i've written about automation and i've written about a lot of stuff where i i am actively trying to get my very expensive computer to do work for me so that i can actually enjoy life a little bit and i i feel the same way about backups you are far more likely to do them if you don't have to do anything if you just say okay now run by yourself i mean time machine runs by itself you can set up carbon copy cloner or most other backup uh, software to just run either whatever, once a day, once an hour, every 15 minutes, every time a file changes, whatever. And that way, when you don't have to think about it, you have eliminated a variable, you have eliminated the possibility that you will forget or run out of time, and uh, you have sort of thwarted Murphy's Law. There goes old Murphy. I have to look up the origin of Murphy's Law. Some guy named Murphy. I guess. I don't actually know. Okay, so another way of having a cloud-based storage system is something like Microsoft OneDrive, mm-hmm. iCloud Drive. And OneDrive is what, a terabyte? I've lost track. There, there are so many of them, I'd have to look it up. Okay, so why not? rely on those services. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like, uh, I, I have, I have all of them. I have Google drive and Amazon cloud drive and OneDrive and iCloud drive and, you know, Dropbox. And like, I have, I have so many of these, these cloud sync and storage services. I've totally lost track. And, you know, they're, they're, they're great. They all have their own little 
extras or their own little spin on things. Um, and there's there's nothing at all wrong with using services like that for what their intended purpose is, you know, uh, syncing files across your computers, having a copy that you can access in a web browser and so forth. Um, if you think of that as your only backup, though, um, that could run into some trouble. I'll use, and again, they all have their own policies. I'll just use Dropbox as an example. Um, unless you pay the company uh, some extra money for a special feature, um, Dropbox is going to remove all your older versions and deleted files after a month. You can pay extra to have them keep them for a year. So if you should happen to realize that that a missing document is missing only after a month, then you wouldn't be able to, to get it back. And even if uh, even if you have unlimited storage or, you know, long enough, um, the, the cloud services are only going to back up the files you put there. So you're going to have a certain folder or multiple folders full of files, but that's not the same as backing up everything on your disk. And again, you know, going back to Murphy's Law, the thing you lose is going to be the thing that didn't happen to be in that folder. So uh, I don't in any way object to using those services. In fact, I think they're, they're, they can really uh, help you if, you if you've lost data or you know, have to start from a new Mac or a new hard disk or whatever. Um, having a service like Dropbox or OneDrive just sync up automatically uh, removes that much work that you have to do to restore backups later. But it's the other stuff that isn't in there that's going to bite you. And remember, if you're going to use those services for anything, Get the paid service, not the free service. At least it's more dependable. It will possibly have more features. Yeah. Because you're going to depend on a free service for your data, your files, on a place that doesn't charge you anything, that could change tomorrow, that could say, well, you know, we're going to delete all the files in a week and you don't get the memo and your files are gone. Yeah. All right? Now, the other thing, of course... And that's a corollary to this is the fact that there are online apps. Mm-hmm. I work for iCloud, Google Docs, even Office. There's an online version for Microsoft. And now, of course, Microsoft sure. is making their apps available to anybody. You know, they've got an Android version now and iOS for iPad, iPhone, beta version of Office 2016 for the Mac. And for once, it appears that Microsoft wants to have their stuff available anywhere. Whatever platform, fine, will they pay us money to get a cloud system? As long as they're going to pay us, we'll support that platform. I mean, it's almost like that, but it's smart. That's okay. That's one way of making your apps indispensable if you have it on all platforms. We have Joe Kissel. We're talking a little bit more before we get to other stuff about the 11 stupid ways for backup. And we're trying to set things right here on the Tech Night Out Live. Minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out, too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Joe Kissel talking about the 11 ways stupid to do the backups and living on a wing and a prayer. Okay, so we have the web apps, all right? Yep. And the assumption here is because they're online, we don't need a backup. Yeah, in fact, I think it even is slightly worse than that in that you you might think, well, I'm using Google Docs or you know Office 365 or what, whatever, and... I don't actually have the file on my Mac, so how would I back it up even if I wanted to? And the the problem is, I mean, of course these big companies like Microsoft and Google are going to do something behind the scenes to back up your data, but for the most part, um, they're not transparent about it. So you can't just say, oh, uh, hey, Google, this file that I was working on yesterday is mysteriously gone today where's my backup like you know it, it's not it's the, their their backup systems are not publicly exposed like that and you might have a lot of difficulty getting tech support from a company like google um, and you can get the paid versions of their services you can, that's right and supposedly you get some level of support from that yeah but it, but in any case the the assumption is that because they are in some fashion backed up behind the scenes that you will be able to recover the version of the file that you need when you need it and i think that's that's expecting too much again as you said especially if it's a free service so i think that if you're like you know if you're just working on some little document uh, online and you don't really care uh, it's not of any great importance to you and and you wouldn't mind particularly having to recreate it then then whatever but if it's important to you and the time you spent working on it is is valuable, I would export it, download a copy in whatever format, whether it's Word format or PDF or what have you, and uh, back it up on your local Mac. 
There are also some services, some apps you can buy that will either back up from the cloud to your Mac or from a cloud service to other cloud services. I talk about some of these in my book, but the but the point is, it's 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 just the all all of your eggs in one basket problem. If you just assume it's going to be fine because it's up there on this site from a big company, eh, I, I I worry about that. Okay, don't do a raid as a backup. Now there are different kinds yeah. of raids. There are one is a mirrored raid, which is where the contents of one drive are repeated on the other drive, wouldn't that be a fairly safe backup? Yeah, well, that's what people think. And I, boy, I've heard a lot from uh, IT administrators since this article came out going, oh my God, you wouldn't believe the stories I've heard from people who thought a RAID was a backup and then whoops, no, it's not. So the idea of a RAID, and as you say, there are many ways to configure a RAID. And I'm, I'm talking mainly about the configuration in which what you said, you know, there'd be two identical copies of your, your data. There are two drives in an enclosure and everything that's written to one is also written in the other. And so people assume that because it's, it's mirrored, that I basically have a backup. That's basically the same thing as doing a bootable duplicate or a clone of my hard drive, but in fact, it's not. So what happens is the good thing, the thing that RAIDs are, are, are good at is protecting you against hardware failure. So if one of those drives goes south, the other drive just picks up and you never know the difference and you you know pop in a replacement and you know, you're golden. But that's really the only thing they protect you against. If you have a disk error, if you have malware, if you have a software bug, if you have a cat that walks across your keyboard, if you make a mistake and somehow you delete files or incorrectly change files on OneDrive, hey, they're they're mirrored instantly, automatically. So your mirror is wrong too. So if that's it's instantaneous. Only, it's not like it's a clone instant, backup. Yeah. A clone backup happens at a scheduled time. Right. Okay, right. it's happening at 9.30 tonight. So I have from now till 9.30 tonight to undo what I did. But if I'm having on-demand immediate duplication, the error is duplicated. That's right. So it's protecting you against something, but uh, data loss is not the thing that it's protecting you against. And of course, although some raids give you more uh, redundancy than others, and some give you absolutely zero, I mean, a striped raid in which, you know, your data is written across multiple disks at once doesn't, doesn't give you any data protection at all. It just gives you more speed. So uh, raids are good for what they do, but they just aren't backups. If you want to have a raid, fantastic, but have another backup besides. Okay, there you go. 11 stupid backup techniques. You have a book about this, right? Yeah, so my my latest book is called Backing Up Your Mac, a Joe on Tech Guide. I had written a bunch of books for Take Control on Backing Up Your Mac, and uh, we got to the point where the, the most recent uh, Take Control book on Backing Up Your Mac was out of date by a few years, and uh, Take Control just couldn't find the time their publishing schedule to keep it updated. So I said, hey, you know, uh, let me adopt this book. I will I will uh, rewrite it, you know, update it completely, uh, hire my own editor, you know, get a new title, new cover, all that kind of stuff, and I'll put it out myself. So that's what I've done uh, at my site, Joe on Tech, which is joeontech.net. Um, I, uh, I have this book and lots of other stuff. Um, and uh, it's a 200-plus page book. It has all the same kind of stuff that my Take Control book did, but more and better because it's totally up-to-date. 
Uh, it's available in print for 15 bucks or as an ebook for 10 bucks. Uh, you can get it on the iBookstore, on Amazon, and uh, it has all the information you need to go from from scratch to a fantastic bulletproof backup plan. It covers all your different options, special cases, what to do if, well, you know, I have this exception, this unusual situation. Um, and whether you already have sort of okay backups or no backups whatsoever, uh, this book will explain everything you need to know to make them great and, uh, you know, as, as inexpensively and painlessly as possible. Now, it looks like you have gotten yourself into a business here. Well, you know, um, I this this is the first uh, Joe on Tech guide. There will be more. More are are being very actively worked on right now, and so I wanted to just to not just say, "Hey, let me throw some some books up on a website." I thought, well, yeah, I mean, yes, I'll do that, but I want to have more interesting stuff there that people can read um, and actually start building a separate brand. So Joe on Tech. Um, is is a website. I have a lot of articles there. Of course, many more coming in the future. Um, where I I give sort of my own spin on technology, and my own spin is is basically that uh, technology should be your friend, um, and and you don't want to approach it simply as a consumer. Like technology means a gadget that I buy. You want to have an actual two way interactive relationship with technology, and technology doesn't just include electronic gadgets. It includes uh, you know, <laughs> cooking techniques. You're talking about, you know, turkey dinner. It includes meditation. It includes martial arts. It includes, uh, you know, the technologies that are thousands of years old for, you know, getting water out of the ground and building stuff. And, and so I wanted to take a sort of broad approach to technology and say, hey, look, you know, you, you start with, I have a problem that I want to solve or I have a goal that I want to achieve. Uh, how do I do that? And either finding or modifying or uh, inventing technology that, that solves that problem instead of what so many tech sites do, which is say, oh, shiny new gadget, buy it or don't buy it. Oh, another shiny new gadget, buy it or don't buy it. And I just think that's sort of upside down. All right, he's going to turn it right side up. And the site, once again, is joeontech.net. That's right. And we'll go into some of his other books from Take Control that I wanted to talk about, because lately we've heard every so often about some kind of security problem on the Mac. And he's got a book out called Take Control of Security for Mac Users. And it has been believed in the past that Mac users don't need to worry about security. You know, our computers are invulnerable. But that's not quite true. Let me tell you about this before we go on. We have a special version of this show available from a subscription to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. And what we offer is the ad-free version of this show, higher resolution copy for a modest monthly or annual or five-year subscription rate. And believe me, one month costs you a less than most single coffees at Starbucks. So it's not really that bad. It's $5 a month. Joe Kissel will be back with Mac security ideas and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. 
They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So you have a book, one of those thousands and thousands, or at least 50, <laughs> Take Control books. By the way, if you want to look at a, another prolific author, since we're mentioning it, look up Bob Levitas, look up Nick Redfern, look up Brad Steiger. Okay? They've also written lots of books. David Pogue has written lots of books. But Joe Kissel, I think, does it in a shorter period of time. Yeah. I don't know. Here it is. Take Control of Security for Mac Users. So, Joe, we have the perception here that Macs don't have security problems, but then we read about things. So what's going on here? Boy, there have been a lot of things. I watch know? out them things, man. Yeah, well, it's a lot of a lot of a lot of reasons. I mean, part of it is just that as Apple's prestige grows, uh, there are people that think it, you know, we, we need to we need to take them down and and as the max market share grows relative to the PC, uh, becomes a more interesting target. Uh, there are people who try to a lot of the things that are happening in the security world is people want to steal your passwords. They want to steal your credit card numbers. They want to, I mean, what they're ultimately after is your money. In many cases, uh, they want to be able to break into your Amazon, uh, PayPal bank account, get your money. And, you know, there is this perception that Mac users have more money than PC users. That's not always correct, but that is a perception that's out there. Um, so Mac users do make an attractive target. Also, a lot of celebrities use Macs. And if you and want to get an attractive celebrity's nude photos. Yes, that's, you know, you, you need to know how to attack a Mac. So, yeah, there are lots of news stories. Um, the, the hackers, you know, a, a lot of them are in... Russia, a lot of them are in India, a lot of them are in China, um, and a lot of them are, you know, kids. <laughs> um, but uh, wh whoever they are and wherever they are, they don't care about you. They just want your data. They want, sometimes they're doing it for fun. And in, in the more serious cases, they are trying to target you specifically, you know, if you have a lot of power or influence or money or whatever, um, they might come after you uh, specifically. So, um, I'm not one of those people who says, just lock everything down, you know, encrypt everything and make all of your passwords, you know, 90 characters long and, and, you know, type them all manually and turn on every possible security option. Um, because there, there's always a trade-off between more secure and, you know, more inconvenient. Like, you know, you, you, you want to still have the convenience of doing all the stuff that the cloud uh, allows and all the stuff that your Mac does. It, it would be like, you know, putting 10 locks on your front door. You just don't want, it's going to make your life too inconvenient. So I have this book about security for Mac users. It's, it, it's a reasonably short book. I try to not get into like a lot of big technical discussions or a lot of, you know, scary details. I just say, look, you're going to, you're going to take this little self-examination and put yourself into one of four categories. Your, your risk level. Maybe you're at risk level one, which is hardly any risk at all. Maybe you're at risk level four, which is a whole lot of risk or somewhere in between. And based on how much risk you personally have, you know, which depends on who you are and how you use your Mac, 
Um, there are some things that just everybody should do. Some things that really only like the level four people or the level three and four people should do. But I talk about uh, all, all the different aspects from, you know, encrypting data on your disk using file vault or something like that uh, to encrypting your network communications to all the different settings in like the security and privacy pane of system preferences, third party software you can add, web browser extensions, all the different ways that you can affect how secure your use of your Mac is and, and how well your data is protected. Um, and I just, I, I'm trying to just keep it real, say there are threats. Um, depending on your risk level, they may be more or less serious but you can take appropriate measures that will continue to make your, your use of your Mac convenient and fun while avoiding becoming that low-hanging fruit. All right, what about running antivirus software? Yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty controversial. I, I talk about it in the book. Uh, viruses, or let's just say malware generally, certainly exists on the Mac. It is nowhere near as plentiful as on Windows. There's only a tiny tiny proportion of the amount of malware that's on Windows that's available for Mac. I personally have found that the, the best defense against malware is not being stupid. <laughs> Back to the, like, you know, stupid backup strategies. There are, like, you know, people who, uh, who download files anytime some pop-up window appears in their browser. Um, people who like to go to uh, websites that that uh, specialize in those naked pictures or in illegal software or you know uh, movies and and TV shows that you're not paying for stuff like that. I mean, those are the sorts of places that you are very very likely to pick up malware. People who you know click on random links and email messages without thinking about it. I find it very difficult to get malware on my Mac because I don't go to those sorts of places and I'm careful with what I click on and, and how I use the internet. If you do go to those sorts of places and aren't careful with the way you use the internet, you might be more likely to encounter malware and have a greater desire to install anti-malware software. Now we hear about the Adobe Flash security leak of the week. Not every day, but there was one this week. So what's the story? Should we never use Flash? What about Java? I am no fan of Flash, uh, except for the TV show. The, the TV show is uh, a lot of fun. Oh, the but, Flash, right. Yeah. That um, is one of the best superhero shows. And by the way, when you're talking before about having illegal files, yeah, I suspect CBS posted a version of the pilot for Supergirl online. This is premiering this fall. It's from the same producer as Arrow and Flash. That appears to be an unofficial official leak to get people to download the pilot of the show and, of course, get them hooked on it. Mm -hmm. It happens. Um, I, I, have, I have some worries about that strategy, but yes, it, that does happen from, from time to time. There have also been cases where uh, a company intentionally leaked something as what's called a honeypot. So they're deliberately trying to basically entrap the bad guys um, by, you know, installing their own kind of malware or spyware or adware or whatever in the in the downloaded files. So personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't take chances. But uh, anyway, you were asking you were asking about Flash. So 
I, I don't have Flash on my computers. I do have Google Chrome. Google Chrome has a built-in version of Flash that exists only in Chrome. That is, it, it, can't, it can't sort of reach out and do any other damage anywhere on your computer. It's restricted not only to Chrome. In fact, it's, it's restricted to just that one tab or window that it's running in. Now, uh, Safari is getting better at, at clamping down on, on Flash if you install it. But I just find Flash not only a security risk, but just annoying in so many ways um, that I just don't have it installed. And on those rare occasions when I'm browsing in Safari and I see something that I absolutely have to have flash, I will just open that page in Chrome and look at the thing and then I'm done. Joe Kissel is telling you about security, focusing on flash. More to come on the Tech Night How Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out, too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. Extend your life with Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural draino, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, 
you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big-name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out 1500 bucks, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line, you're you're defenseless. defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. 24/7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's simplysafedefense.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. This is the Tech Night Owl live. Joe Kissel talking about security issues on the Mac. We mentioned Flash and Right now, of course, a lot of sites are offering HTML5 versions of videos. So you don't necessarily need to use Flash, but you do in some places because not all sites are going to change. So you might still need Flash. And as he suggests, well, maybe do it in Chrome because they keep it updated. Yeah. With the current Flash, they have an element for the system preferences. They have a component, preferences plugin, shall we say, where... It's supposed to automatically keep Flash up to date on your Mac. Does that work? I don't know. I, I haven't used Flash on my Macs in a long time. But for, for, for me, the problem is not simply that it needs to stay updated. I mean, of course, that it does. If you're going to use it, you, you should absolutely use the most recent version. But that I don't like it. I don't like the, um, not, and again, not just the security risk, but the, the user experience. I, I object to it. I dislike flash. I don't, I don't want my websites to look like that. And, uh, I, I've often noticed like I'll, I'll go to some website on my iPad and it has a video and a video plays just fine. And then I look on my computer and it says, you must have flash to, to play this video. And I'm like, well, clearly i don't because it worked on my ipad and they've just they've just decided that on the desktop version they want to you know require that you use flash and not switch to html5 what i want to do is to sort of vote with my clicks i want to say you know if if you're going to make me uh use flash i'm not going to look at your site uh to the extent possible or if I have the option to view it in HTML5 format, I'm going to view it in HTML5 format as my vote for please stop using Flash because it's it's clunky. There's a lot of overhead. There are security risks. It's just an unpleasant and un, really, honestly, completely unnecessary thing. There are other ways of doing everything that Flash does. 
I think a concern would be on the part of some web developers, even if they have HTML5 versions, is that people might have older computers. Maybe their browser isn't as good with HTML5. I'm just guessing. What about Java? Now, we had a Mac virus that got in the wild because of the Java plugin, a problem with the Java plugin, and Apple didn't fix it fast enough. Yeah, I wrote a whole article a couple of years ago for Tidbits about Java. It's complicated. On the one hand, there are still a fair number of apps out there that that require Java that, that won't run without them. On the other hand, when you are using Java in a web browser, you are opening yourself to all kinds of security problems. So basically what I say is Java itself is not really the problem. It's it's Java browser plugins that are the problem. So I really recommend avoiding that. You can probably get away with uninstalling Java from your, or just not installing it in the first place. But then every once in a while, you will encounter some app that you want that only uses Java. Um, and then you'll have to download it from Oracle and install it. Um, there are there are some sort of borderline cases like crash plan crash plans backup software big fan of backups uh crash plans nice but uses java the thing though is crash plan comes with its own built-in version of java because it's contained in the crash plan app it's not going to open you up to any of these other security holes elsewhere on your mac you can't run other Java software on your Mac just because you have CrashPlan installed. It's, it's sort of self-contained. So uh, that is one way CrashPlan's buying some time to not have to rewrite uh, their, their app as a native Mac app. So they're still using Java, but they're building it in. So I, I basically say, uh, you know, I don't particularly like most Java apps because I think they're ugly and the user experience isn't great. But uh, if you have to use a Java app, do make sure you download the latest version from Oracle and you keep it up to date. But do not ever permit Java plugin in your browser. Uh, that's this is like you can't even do it anymore in Safari, but in some other browsers you can. Just just turn it off because the, the security risk is too great. Now I was surprised. I was opening an older version of Photoshop 5.5 from Creative 5.5. This is before they came up with Creative Cloud. And I was surprised to find out it would not run without Java 6. Really? Adobe Photoshop. Huh. I did not know that. Well, I didn't know it either until I got the <laughs> warning. And, of course, Apple doesn't distribute Java 6 anymore, so I had to go scurrying online to some obscure place on the Oracle site to get it. And now I have the file, so if I reinstall an operating system or set up a new computer, I could do it. But I understand the thing about Java. Let's have native code here. Any other important security tips that we should talk about. Let's talk about the most obvious problem, which is social engineering, and you mentioned it briefly. You click on something, not just going to a site, but you click on something in an email, and you got to watch out for those links. But mail lets you see what the link is before you use it. Yeah, yeah, you can you can hover over the link before you click it, and the, the actual destination will pop up. And if it doesn't really match the domain name, uh, you know, you're in trouble. Of course, a lot, a lot of people don't go to the extra effort to hover over the link. The, the thing is, you know, I've talked a lot about passwords. I have a book on passwords. I talk about passwords somewhat in the security book. It's really important to have good passwords, to, you know, to use random passwords, use a generator like 1Password, things like that. This is all important. But when someone wants your password, the, the hard way is to use some sort of, you know, very sophisticated brute force cracking technique to discover it. The easy way 
is to get you to type it for them. <laughs> and so they use these these phishing emails, like you're describing, fake sites that look like the real one. And they're like, oh, you have to verify your account or confirm your access or whatever. And all they really want you to do is enter your username and password on this fake site so that they can grab it and then they can log in for real, change your password, steal your data. So the, it's 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 a really a really vicious kind of attack and um, especially bad for people who are not really sophisticated computer users. Anti-malware software can help to some extent. Using password managers can help to some extent. But really, just common sense is, is the biggest thing. If you get an email that says it's from Apple or your bank or PayPal or wherever, uh, you need to confirm your account or whatever, don't click the link in the email message. Go to your browser, manually enter that URL, you know, apple.com or paypal.com or your bank's URL, whatever. And if there's some, if that's something to tell you, then once you've logged in and the real on the real site, they will tell you. Uh, but if they don't tell you anything there when you've actually logged in for real, then the message was almost certainly fake and just trying to get you to give away your passwords. So don't give away your passwords. And if you're still not sure when you log in, call the bank, call PayPal. Of course, call them. Yeah, say, look, I got this. And then let them know what you've got. Maybe forward it to one of their people, one of their security people, and they'll try to find out. Of course, those things are like moving targets. It's not so easy to find out the culprits of who does these things. Now, of course, when we read about security, you have to be scared because the government is overrun by hackers. You're always hearing about government sites being taken over, credit cards being taken over. I mean, is it safe out there anymore? Basically, no. I mean, it's it's not safe out there. Uh, you have you have kind of dual concerns. You you do have, as we've seen in the news recently, uh, government websites or government you know servers being hacked, and you know many many thousands of government employees' personal data being stolen. So, um, and then on the other hand, you have the government itself uh, snooping, and, and and so you know. When, when I read about government agencies having their servers hacked and personal data of their employees stolen, that really doesn't give me confidence that agencies like the NSA and the FBI are, are in fact equipped to safeguard the data that they themselves collect. It's just a nasty problem no matter what angle you look at it from. It's only going to get worse. There will be a long series of court battles, possibly never-ending um, the government wanting more power and people wanting to, you know, more privacy and then pressure from this other angle of, you know, well, you didn't give us enough money or enough time to implement proper security. So whatever, whatever, um, we have to do our break. And then one more segment with Joe Kissel on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Honey, it's time for dinner. What are you doing over there on your computer? I'm shopping for a new wallet. Mine is falling apart. Hey, did you know there's a company called ID Stronghold that makes shielded wallets to prevent electronic pickpocketing? Oh, I didn't realize there was such a thing as electronic pickpocketing. What is that? Well, apparently, many of the new credit and debit cards being issued have radio chips inside them called RFID that transmit our banking information to card readers when we pay. Unfortunately, a bad guy can also get one of these readers and go around the city scanning people, collecting their credit card numbers and personal information without us knowing it. Wow, that sounds scary. Since you're getting a new wallet anyway, you should definitely get an ID Stronghold shielded wallet. Are they more expensive? No. In fact, I can get a shielded leather wallet from IDStronghold.com for the same price or less than regular unshielded wallets from other stores. Sounds great. My wallet isn't falling apart yet, but let me pick one out too. I want to be protected, and these wallets at IDStronghold.com look fantastic. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. I'm Gene Steinberg here on the Tech Night Isle Live. We have Joe Kissel. 
and we're talking about security, getting into online security, where it's dangerous out there. Now, I don't know if you want to mention this, but maybe I will. And that is this program called MacKeeper. Oh, God. <laughs> What's the story? Well... MacKeeper is is an odd program. It, it nominally uh, has some security features. It nominally has some maintenance features. What's what's interesting about MacKeeper is that the the company that makes it has been really really aggressive in marketing it. And I don't just mean putting ads everywhere, but often very unfriendly, intrusive ads that pop ups, the pop unders, the 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 wording that is is kind of misleading and they're basically trying to tell you 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 need to have the software to keep your mac safe and then you install it and bad things happen like your computer slows way way down you try to remove the software and you can't and just does all sorts of really suspicious and wonky things and there are plenty of other you know legitimate utilities that will do the things that MacKeeper claims to do. But MacKeeper is just shady, man. It's just shady. Um, I, I think that some of, you know, like a percentage of what it does is legitimate and a percentage is illegitimate. Their whole strategy uh, about marketing and sort of wanting to get their tentacles into your computer is just really wrong. So I actively recommend against MacKeeper. If you want some other software that does comparable things, then we can talk. But that's that's just one that I would stay away from. Now, I should tell you, they did advertise with us some years back. And then we started learning about some of the things they pulled. Now, it was started by one company called Zeobit. Uh-huh. And then another company took it over. But apparently, many of the same people work for the new company. That's confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that there has been some evolution, and the most recent uh, leadership of the company has, uh, as as I've read, has sort of said they're going to dial back on the, the the shady stuff. But I don't know. I just I, I feel uncomfortable with it. I, I feel that since there are plenty of excellent alternatives, um, I just I just wouldn't take the chance. Okay, there you go with that. So max security, if you're just reasonably careful, you should be okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's there's a, a measure of common sense, there's a measure of having good settings, and there's then there's a portion of if your risk level is too high, you need to do some extra stuff. But just knowing the facts is the most important thing. Uh, you don't want to be ignorant about it. Uh, so information is power. And that's why I have this book is so that you can go into Mac security with both eyes open, know what you need to worry about and what you don't need to worry about. Now, what if you have a situation here where you're using a Windows virtual machine on your Mac? Should you install the Windows antivirus software? And they do have things like Parallels gives you like a one-year license for some kind of security software. Yeah, yeah. And uh, VMware Fusion does something similar. Uh, Yeah, I mean, basically, Windows is Windows. (laughs) So if I'm running Windows, I need to be running the Windows anti-malware stuff. Um, the fact that you're running whatever it is on your Mac is not going to protect 
the Windows Virtual Machine. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely would run some sort of Windows antivirus product uh, within the Virtual Machine. The fact that it's a Virtual Machine gives you marginal protection, uh, depending on how you have the network configured. In all fairness, I mean, we're not, I, I assume, I hope we're not talking about Windows XP anymore. You know, if you're running Windows, let's say, 7 or newer, the security has improved a lot. And these the are IRS is running Windows XP, I think. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Windows XP running at, like, you know, the doctor's office and uh, government offices and stuff. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. I'm just saying, if you, a Mac user, want to run Windows on your Mac, I really hope you're not running XP. That would make it extra important to run antivirus software. It's just, it's just a hot mess. But it's, as long as you're running uh, something reasonably current, it's not that bad security-wise. Now, yeah. one of the logical reasons used by security software publishers to run antivirus software on the Mac is that you won't infect the unwary Windows user. Yeah, I, I, I understand I like that. the way you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, that that's sort of the least of my worries. Really, the, the, the main way that you would infect a Windows user is by forwarding email that contains malware to a Windows-using person who does not have anti-malware software. Any decent spam filter on your Mac, like SpamCiv, is going to catch that stuff anyway. So I think that's just really, really low on my priority list to worry about. I wouldn't run separate software on my Mac just to protect you know, Windows using friends from getting something that I forward because the chain of things would have to happen for that to be a realistic threat is just too complicated. The point being here is you forward the thing and they still have to click on some kind of link. Uh, so normally, it goes yeah. through a couple of levels of problems and you have to hope that any Windows user will protect themselves. You would hope so. And you can't take that responsibility. Yeah, at a certain point, you kind of have to let natural selection take a, take take its course. Sorry to say, what what I'm saying is, people will learn their lessons through having something bad happen to them, and the same goes for backups. I only started backing up my Mac, you know, many years ago after I lost data. And although I hate to hate to say, yes, you're just going to have to deal with data loss or a virus or whatever. In some cases, that's the only thing that will induce someone to see the light and and start taking security seriously. So you learn from a personal experience. But what you're saying here over the backup strategies, over the security strategies, is don't assume too much. Don't ignore potential threats. Just be careful yeah. about what you're doing and consider the possibilities. Don't be cavalier about it because that's when things will happen. You know, it's, again, the Murphy's Law concept. Exactly so. Exactly so. Doesn't that wrap it up? Speaking of Take Control books, you've got some new ones coming out? Uh, always. Yeah, I'm uh, working on a new book right now on Keynote. That will be out, I believe, next month. And uh, that was, so that will be my 51st Take Control book. And uh, as we get into the fall season, you know, new version of OS X and so forth, uh, there will be more. So absolutely, that will continue. So you'll hear about El Capitan. And by the way, yes. with El Capitan, Apple will have the public beta in July Take it from me, be careful. And that's when you want the extra hard drive. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't want to put that thing on your main drive. Even developers now are getting the second beta. And you better have another partition or another drive 
Don't play around with it. Joe Kissel, if we want to know more about all the things you do and you're a busy bee, where do we go? Well, the first place I would go is joeontech.net. You can find links there to all the books we've discussed, uh, my own, and Take Control books and other interesting articles I've written. Uh, For the Take Control books specifically, you can also go to takecontrolbooks.com. All right. You can find us on Twitter, by the way. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Join the thousands of people who follow us. And maybe we'll follow you. We'll think about it. You can also find more about our premium service. That's what we call Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. Currently, the offering includes the ad-free version of this radio show, with a higher resolution copy so you can hear the dogs barking in the background with much higher fidelity if you hear them. Okay, we've got a neighbor with six dogs. Okay, plus.technightowl.com. We also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast. And this week we're going to feature an historian who covers UFOs, name of Richard Dolan, and he's also going to talk about false flags. And you got to look up what false flags mean, because there's a lot of conspiracies going on about that. You know, you know, where they stage something that really didn't happen and then make a big deal of it, like the Gulf of Tonkin that triggered the Vietnam War. You'll learn more about that at Paracast.com. Paracast.com. Or we've got a new domain that it points to called theparacast.rocks. How about that? Joe Kissel, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.